Good afternoon. Hello. Well, welcome back to the next installment of Five on Kieran Island again. Well, it's getting mysteriouser and mysteriouser. Um, <clears throat> But at least George has found her father. Even if he's a prisoner, she's found him. What she hasn't found, though, is her beloved Timmy. That's next on the list to be ticked off. So, she heaved a sigh of relief yesterday at finding her father. Um, and then decided to set off to find Timmy. <clears throat> so here goes. Chapter 17. Timmy at last. No, George, called her father sharply. Come back. There's something very important I want to say. Come here. George went over to him, filled with impatience to get to Timmy wherever he was. She must find him. Now listen, said her father. I have a book in which I've made all my notes of this great experiment. The men haven't found it. I want you to take it safely to the mainland, George. Don't let it out of your sight. If the men get hold of it, they would have all the information they needed. But don't they know everything just by looking at your... Wires and machines and things, asked George. Yes, they know a very great deal, said her father. And they found out a lot more since they've been here, but not quite enough. I daren't destroy my book of notes because if anything should happen to me, my great idea would be completely lost. So George, I must entrust it to you and you must take it to an address I will give it, give you and hand it to the person there. Well, it's an awful responsibility, said George, a little scared of handling a book which meant so much, not only to her father, but possibly to the whole of the world. Oh, but I'll do my best, father. I'll hide in one of the caves till the men come back and then I'll slip back up the passage to the hidden entrance, get out, go to my boat and row back to the mainland. Then I'll deliver your book of notes without fail and get help sent over here to you. Good girl, said her father and gave her a hug. Honestly, George, I am proud of you. George thought that was the nicest thing her father had ever said to her. She smiled at him. Well, father, I'll go and see if I can find Timmy now. I simply must see that he's all right before I go to hide in one of the other caves. <clears throat> Very well, said her father. The man who took the biscuits went in that direction. Still further under the sea, George. Oh, by the way, how is it that you're here in the middle of the night? <clears throat> excuse me it seemed to suddenly strike her father for the first time that George also might have a story to tell but George felt that she really couldn't waste any more time she must find Timmy 
I'll tell you later, father, she said. Oh, where's that book of notes? Her father rose and went to the back of the cave. He took a box and stood on it. He ran his hand along a dark of rock and felt about until he had found what he wanted. He brought down a slim book whose pages were of very thin paper. He opened the book and George saw many beautifully drawn diagrams and pages of notes in her father's small, neat handwriting. <clears throat> Here you are, said her father, handing her the book. Do the best you can. If anything happens to me, this book will still enable my fellow workers to give my idea to the world. If I come through this all right, I shall be glad to have the book because it means I will not have to work out all my experiments again. Oh, George took the precious book. She stuffed it into her Macintosh pocket, which was a big one. I'll keep it safe, father. Now, <clears throat> I must go and find Timmy or those two men will be back before I can hide in one of the other caves. She left her father's cave and went into the next one. There was nothing there at all. Then on she went down a passage that twisted and turned in the rock. And then she heard a sound she longed to hear. A whine. Yes, really, a whine. Timmy! shouted George eagerly. Oh, Timmy, I'm coming! Timmy's whine stopped suddenly. Then he barked joyously. Woof, 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 woof! George almost fell as she tried to run down the narrow tunnel. Her torch showed her a big boulder that seemed to be blocking up a small cave in the side of the tunnel. Behind the boulder, Timmy barked and scraped frantically. George tugged at the stone with all her strength. Timmy, she panted. Timmy, I'll get you out. I'm coming. Oh, Timmy. The stone moved just a little. George tugged again. It was almost too heavy for her to move at all. <clears throat> but despair made her stronger than she had ever been in her life. The stone quite suddenly swung to its side and George just got one of her feet out of its way in time or it would have been crushed. Timmy squeezed out of the space left. He flung himself on George who fell on the ground with arms tight around him. He licked her face and whined and she buried her nose in his thick fur in joy. Oh, Timmy, what have they done to you? I came as soon as I could. Timmy whined again and again in joy and tried to pour and lick George as if he couldn't have enough of her. It would have been difficult to say which of the two was the happier. At last, George pushed Timmy away firmly. Timmy, we've got work to do. We've got to escape from here and get across to the mainland and bring help. Woof, said Timmy. George stood up and flashed her torch into the tiny cave where Timmy had been. She saw that there was a bowl of water there 
and some biscuits. So the men had not ill-treated him then. Well, except to lasso him and half-choke him when they caught him. She felt around his neck tenderly. But except for a swollen ridge there, he seemed none the worse. <clears throat> now hurry up. We'll go back to Father's cave. Then find another cave beyond his to hide in till the two men come back from the tower. Then we'll creep out into the little stone room and row back to the mainland, said George. I've got a very, very important book here in my pocket, Timmy. Timmy growled suddenly and the hairs on the back of his neck rose up. George stiffened and stood listening. A stern voice came down the passage. I don't know who you are or where you've come from, but if you have dared to let that dog loose, he'll be shot. And to show you that I mean what I say, here's something to let you know that I've got a revolver. Then there came deafening crash as the man pulled the trigger and a bullet hit the roof somewhere in the passage. Timmy and George almost jumped out of their skins. Timmy would have leapt up the passage at once but George had her hand on his collar. She was very frightened and tried hard to think what was best to do. The echoes of the shot went on and on. It was horrid. Timmy stopped growling and George stayed absolutely still. Well, said the voice, did you hear what I said? If that dog is loose, he'll be shot. I'm not having my plans spoilt now. And you, whoever you are, will please come up the tunnel and let me see you. But I warn you. If the dog's with you, that's the end of him. Timmy, run away and hide somewhere, whispered George suddenly. And then she remembered something else that filled her with despair. She had her father's precious book of notes with her in her pocket. Suppose the man found it on her. Oh, it would break her father's heart to know that all his wonderful secret had been stolen from him after all. George hurriedly took the thin, flat little book from her pocket. She pushed it at Timmy. Put it in your mouth. Take it with you, Tim, and go and hide till it's safe to come. Quick, go, Timmy, go. It'll be all right. I'll be fine. To her great relief, Timmy, with the book in his mouth, turned and disappeared down the tunnel that led further under the sea. How she hoped he would find a safe hiding place. The tunnel must end soon, but maybe before it did, Timmy would settle down in some dark corner and wait for her to call him again. Will you come up the passage or not? shouted the voice angrily. You'll be sorry if I have to come and fetch you because I shall shoot all the way along. I'm coming. called George in a small voice and she went up the passage. She soon saw a beam of light and in a moment she was in the flash 
of a powerful torch. There was a surprised exclamation. Good heavens! A boy? What are you doing here? And where did you come from? George's short curly hair made the man with the torch think she was a boy, and George did not tell him he was wrong. The man held a revolver, but he let it drop as he saw George. I only came to rescue my dog and to find my father, said George in a meek voice. Well, you can't move that heavy stone, said the man. A kid like you wouldn't have the strength. And you can't rescue your father either. We've got him prisoner, as you no doubt saw. Yes, said George, delighted to think that the man was sure she had not been strong enough to move the big stone. She was not going to say a word about Dimmy. The man thought he was still shut up in that tiny cave, all well and good. Then she heard her father's voice anxiously calling from somewhere beyond the man. George, is that you? Are you all right? Yes, father, shouted back George, hoping that he would not ask anything about Timmy. The man beckoned her to him. Then he pushed her in front of him and they walked to her father's cave. I've brought your boy back, said the man, silly little idiot, thinking he could set that savage dog free. We've got him penned up in a cave with a big boulder in front. Another man came in from the opposite end of the cave. He was amazed to see George. The other man explained. When I got down here, I heard a noise out beyond this cave, the dog barking and someone talking to him. I found this kid there trying to set the dog free. I'd have shot the dog, of course, if he had been freed. But how did this boy get here? asked the other man, still amazed. Well, maybe he can tell us that, said the other. And then, for the first time, George's father heard how George had got there and why. She told them how she had watched for Timmy in the glass room of the tower and hadn't seen him and that had worried her and made her suspicious. So she had come across to the island in her boat at night and had seen where the men came from. So she had gone down the tunnel and kept on till she came to the cave where she found her father. The three men listened in silence. Well, you're a tiresome nuisance, one of the men said to George. Pop! My word, you're a son to be proud of. Not many boys would have been brave enough to run so much risk for anyone. Yes, I'm really proud of you, George, said her father. He looked at her anxiously. She knew what she, he was thinking. What about his precious book? Had she been sensible enough to hide it? She did not dare to let him know anything while the men were there. Well, now... This complicates matters, said the other man, looking at George. If you don't go back home, you'll soon be missed. And there will be all kinds of search parties going on. And maybe someone will send over to the island here to tell your father you've disappeared. We don't want anyone here at present. Not till we know what we want to know. He turned to George's father. If you will tell us what we want to know and give us all your notes, we will set you free. Give you whatever sum of money you ask us for and disappear ourselves. 
And if I still say I won't, said George's father, then I'm afraid we shall blow up the whole of your machines and the tower and possibly you will never be found again because you will be buried down here, said the man in a voice that was suddenly very hard. There was a dead silence. George looked at her father. You couldn't do a thing like that, he said at last. You would gain nothing by it at all. Well, it's all or nothing with us, said the man. All or nothing. Make up your mind. We'll give you till half past ten tomorrow morning. About seven hours. Then either you tell us everything or we blow the island sky high. They went out of the cave and left George and her father together. Only seven hours. And then, perhaps, the end of Kiran Island. Well, not to mention, not just the end of Kiran Island, but also the end of George, um, oh, excuse me, her father and Timmy, because they'd all be buried in the ruins of it all. So I think the end of Kiran Island is probably the least of their worries, don't you? Oh, my goodness me. Well... Tomorrow we will be on chapter 18. I think there's 21 chapters in this book. Um, so we will find out more in chapter 18 tomorrow. So please join me. <laughs> I can't wait. Very, very excited to find out what or how they get. I mean, how do they get away with it all? That's just terrible. Anyway. Oh, make sure that you take care and stay safe and I will see you all again tomorrow. Bye for now.